Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. This week on Friends, we have some really fun friends for you. They're both returning friends, and it's an easy episode because I both know and I love them. And it's also another short episode with the rest of this episode available only on Patreon. So if you are a Patreon subscriber, you must be feeling really good right now because the rest of that audio, it's about an hour. And welcome back, Shauna Lane. Shauna is an actress, comedian. She has appeared on MTV, Sirius XM, Comedy Central, several national commercials, and is in the feature film Crete Moria on Netflix. Also welcome back, Noye Brown-West. Noye is comedian, writer. She was featured in the Boston Globe's Rise column as comic to watch, and we agree. She's appeared on NPR, PBS, ABC, and Sway in the Morning. In 2019, Noye made her acting debut in The Sympathy Card. Look out for her two web series, Fairy Tales with Noye and Gay by Jesus. Check me out June 17th at the Asbury Fest Hall Beer Garden in Asbury Park, New Jersey, and on June 24th at the Majestic Theater in Ventura, California for Barkfest. I want to thank all of our listeners and friends like us. Because of you, we make some pretty impressive lists. You can hear us on Google Podcasts Now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Make sure you turn on the auto-download function for Friends Like Us for Apple Podcasts. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcast at gmail. Our Instagram is friendslikeuspodcast, and Twitter is friendslikeus10. Become more than a friend. Leave us a tip or donation by going to our Patreon page. Go to Patreon backslash friends like us. Special shout out to our Patreon friends. It's because of you we keep going. Merch is available. We have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, face masks, and tank tops. All are available. Just go to my website, marinafranklin.com. And weekly on my YouTube channel, I go live with my assistant, Evelyn Frick. My wacky friend Dave Juskow, we give updates to the show, we shout out fans who leave reviews, and we have surprise guest friends from the podcast stop by, and sometimes we offer free stuff like tickets to comedy shows. And with friends like us, it'll help you feel not so alone, because more content is on the way. Tell a friend you know to check us out, stay safe, wash those dirty little hands, wear a mask if you want to, get vaccinated, booster up, and Black Lives Matter. And now Noye has joined us and you guys can continue your conversation. And then we're good. Noye just came from a fitting and I'm glad that you you're here. Thank you. I'm so sorry. I didn't know it was going to take so long. They don't usually take that long, but it's all good. (laughs) Yeah, you made it. And I'm glad you're here. But how are you, um, Shauna, affected little kids yeah so I I was saying that gun violence is always like even at me saying that like sickens me and I and I was saying that it really is a a source of conflict for me because I grew up in a military family and a lot of the men in my family are in the military and I grew up around guns I grew up on a farm and um I you know my dad would let uh people hunt deer in the woods. They, they would hunt things. I mean, you know, I mean, and it's, I do believe there is a place for weapons. Me personally, uh, I can't even have mace 
You know, when I moved to the city in 1998, someone gave me mace and I like carried it around. And then at one point I was like, if someone actually tries to attack me, me getting this out of my bag and aiming it at them and actually doing something, I was like, this isn't going to happen. And also I'm a, a Taoist that I do believe weapons are the tools of violence. And I really do my best to um, avoid that. And I'll just say that I do believe that we need stricter gun laws. I really, 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 really do. Everything has changed. And I, and I just, sometimes things need to be amended, you know, that's it. Things need to be amended. And I I, am, I don't say that lightly. I really don't. Um, I, believe in our constitution, but I also believe that things change and this is not okay. What's happening. Mm -hmm. And there's been shootings since it happened. Okay. Let let me add to that, that I also have an an education degree, a student taught in first grade. And I recently started a tutoring business and I've been working with kids my whole life. And I just, I don't know what it takes to hurt children. You know, I don't know what type of pain you're in and what type, what your mental construct has become that you are, um, you know, that you need to do that, you know, but it is, if we can do something so that at least it's more difficult for someone who's in that much pain to actually follow through on something like that, then I really believe that something needs to be changed. And again, I don't say any of this lightly, you know, I really, I really, really don't, but I just, it sickens me that, uh, when people hurt children, I just, I can't, um, it's something I've never been able to wrap my brain around in any way, in any way that people hurt children. I just, I, because I have such a strong instinct in myself to help children and protect them. Um, you know, even though I'm not a parent, but that's a, uh, you can be nurturing and not be maternal. Okay, now I'm going to like stick up for the fact that I didn't have children. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, 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 yeah, it's in the same boat. Yeah, same boat. But I, I agree to a point. I think it's dangerous to say that, you know, whatever gets them to the point. I just think America got them to the point. I don't think these people are sick in the way that people think they are. I think it's. We live in a very violent oh. country. Mm. My dad was also, he fought in a war. Biafra was a, it was a civil war. It was really honestly a, a genocide. He sat mm. on, he fought on the side of Biafra. He had gun uh, shot wounds all in his body, on his arms, his legs. He didn't talk to us about it. He didn't, he didn't condone violence. He didn't like violence. He didn't like us watching uh, all these movies that America makes that glorify war he mm. didn't, you know, and that's how you're so not to be a dick, but that's how you're supposed to be. America mm. is so deeply ill. Like there's something so deeply yeah. violent about this country mm-hmm, that this mm-hmm. country doesn't even understand that mm. we're not supposed to make movies saying war is good. We're not supposed to have mm-hmm. automatic weapons just for sale everywhere. That's mm. not supposed, it's not supposed to be like that. I saw on my way over here that David Hogg, uh, one of the kids that was um, in the Parkland shooting, who mm-hmm. now runs a huge network of, uh, you know, anti-gun uh, lobbying, I guess, said that he received a message, a DM from a member of the NRA giving him a lot of information that he really feels like this time is different. 
I think it was just the back to back to back hate crimes and then the school shooting uh, that finally, I think, is making people snap. And there are so many attempted school shootings right after. Uh, I saw a list that listed at least five. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's just something very fundamentally wrong with America. Um, The laws, the way that people think, the type of (laughs) media people consume here, just the type of propaganda that we're hit over the heads with at all times here. And and the algorithms that follow you as soon as you look at one thing and it, yeah, right. There's something, and I say this as a first generation, I know that it's hard for people who are born here and their parents are born here and their grandparents are born here to see it because you grow up thinking that America is such a great country because that's what you're told constantly all the time, all the time. My parents tried to leave here, but they couldn't. It was, we got taken away from them at the border. Like they did not want to be here, but mm-hmm. they couldn't leave. So they stayed. And so I have a very different perspective and mm. I don't, I call BS. I think, uh, <laughs> yes, we need, we need stricter gun laws for sure. I, absolutely. The rest of the world is doing much better than us and they have stricter gun rules, but there's, there's just a sickness, a white supremacy that isn't, they're not mentally ill. They're just hateful. And they don't care who dies. And there was something that happened here. I I loved everything you just said there, because it also reminds me of Eric Adams uh, during the because we're we're recording this after Memorial Day. Right. And Eric Adams said, like, dream in America is only attached to America. Like Mm -hmm. it's part of our our thing. It's not it's not the France dream or it's not the I forgot whoever he said else's dream. And I'm like, but that's part of the problem, don't you think? Is that we think we're no, we're just people. Just like the problem is in thinking that you're better than. I, I've always thought that. I'm like the the solution is is just fixing the problems and stop this glorification. Like I went to see Top Gun on Sunday, and I was like, oh, this is our problem. Mm-hmm. I can't now, watch CBS because there are too many cop shows. Seriously, I, now Top Gun I watched when I was a kid. And I, I got the, had the bomber jacket. I was, I was, I was sold. Okay, on this whole like America, army, you know. But as I watched it, that there was things that I'm not going to tell you the movie, but there's things that just like there's no way that would have happened. But I see what it's giving. It's giving America a sense of hope. It's very Hollywood. It's a very America. Look at what we can achieve. Story. And I go, I understand the need for hope, but this is not realistic. It's like what I'm saying again, it's like you can't sell these dreams to Americans anymore because you see what happens when you do that is they're afraid to face the facts. Like there's a virus that has killed a million, millions of Americans, a virus. It's very real. There is gun violence that is very real. It's only happening in America. If we start pointing out our flaws, maybe we can get to a place where America is a safe place to live. At least that. Yeah. So, Noye, you're saying that you don't think that that kid was um, mentally ill. You think he was just, it was a hate. Just a hate-filled thing, yes. And I know people like that. I do. I you know, wow. Marina knows this. Like when I was in uh, college, my first year of college, I was a victim of a hate crime. And I do not believe oh. that person was mentally ill. I think they were a hateful, disgusting person. Wow. I think that we need to stop attaching 
mentally ill immediately to violence. And I used to work, I used to take care of mentally ill people. I used to be a social worker, oh, and a graphic. And I just think that's awful to attach that to them because, uh. and also I have OCD. I have, you know, I suffer from depression. I've never go out and kill children or people, right. you know, right. it's just, we need to stop putting and you you only ever hear it when it's these like ma- these mass school shootings, right? If it's um it or if it's like a person of color or whatever, it's the what the talking point is completely different. It's never oh they're mentally ill. They mention his immigration status yes. first. I would be remiss if I didn't. I always like saying that. I would be <laughs> if I it sounds very fancy, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, but I I would be remiss if I didn't say that part of this shooting happened in Buffalo and in Texas. The similar situations are, um, are a problem. Uh, we talked about this on the episode that we recently had with the councilwoman from Harlem about how in Buffalo, the only, why did Buffalo only have one grocery store where everyone in that community, in that black neighborhood could go to, they only had one. And this is the major problem. Like, you, they don't have money. It's a segregated. Buffalo is very segregated. Um, there's a very, mm. uh, there's a very racist element in Buffalo of segregation. Same thing in Texas. Same thing exists here. So there was a person who wrote an article about what happened in Texas who said, "I was not surprised." He goes, "I was struck to hear the words, Rob." L- um, Rob Elementary because I knew of its centrality to the struggle over the past half century to desegregate its schools. So Rob sits in the city's southwest quadrant. So I knew the victims of the shooting would largely be Hispanic. That's what he said. They have been locked into that school for decades. I wasn't surprised to see victims being flown to, get this, San Antonio for treatment because the hospital was converted in recent years to critical access facility, limiting its numbers of beds. So they didn't even have access to good health care in, in this, in, um, in this neighborhood where this happened, the hospital benefited financially, but many residents seeking health care must now travel to distant locations. The negative impact on a community with high rates of poverty, families who can't afford this burden, is obvious. So there are some things, while we're arguing over gun laws, there are other issues here at play. And the issue is poverty, neighborhoods, wealth disparity, right? I mean... It seems to be the common element of why this was able to even become, it's like a cancer, right? Meaning like if it was a wealthier community, he wouldn't have even been able to walk into the school. Like it wouldn't have happened. Like, Well, no, they, I mean, well, yes. I mean, like the thing is, is this neighborhood, if you look at the social construct of it, right, they have very wealthy Texans that live there but they're all segregated away from them. So this is mm. like, this is an area where it's all Hispanic and there's very wealthy white people living away from them. So in this community where you have the Hispanics, you have no hospitals, you have drug issues, you have low income, you have a lot of issues there that they're, n- so, you know, when you say, you know, the the wealthy 1%, 
what you're also doing is you're leaving out a population that is eventually going to be your problem. Mm. You can't push people aside. In Buffalo, why, like in Harlem, for example, where I live, for years, there was one grocery store maybe that I could go to to get a salad. That's why I made that joke because I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. I never experienced that type of disparity. I didn't understand why am I living in a neighborhood where I can't get fresh produce? I don't even understand this. I got to climb a mountain to Columbia to just get food that I absolutely need that's going to make me a healthier individual. So imagine in Buffalo, they only have one grocery. So there's a problem there. There's an, there, and, and the racism, the, the segregation was real. Mm. So you have people who live there who goes, we saw this coming. And that has nothing to do with guns, right? That has something to do with a cultural element that we can all fix without going to the, I mean, you have to go to your council person. You have to talk about like, why isn't there more access to health? Mental illness, let's just say that is a situation. Why isn't there more access for this person to have gone and got the treatment that he needed? But what she's saying, which is an, a great point, is that he wasn't mentally ill. And to well, and we don't know. That. Are, are you also suggesting, like, okay, mm-hmm. right? We don't know, but just for the sake of this discussion, are you also suggesting it's almost if he wasn't mentally ill to put that on him is almost a cop out to to miss the point of him being hateful and how many of these crimes are hate driven? Is that? Yeah, I think I think it's a cop out to to say that they're mm-hmm. all mentally ill across the board because I mean the person who shot up uh, the the Topps grocery store in Buffalo and the person who shot up the church service, uh, mm-hmm. even though he was Asian himself, they sh- it was proven that he was mixed up with the alt right and that he was mm-hmm. a hateful person. Both of them. So I don't think hate is a mental illness, but I mean, some I don't know. Well, but, the thing is, is uh, again, this is something you can't really, though, yeah. and I, I get what you're saying, Noye, but you can't really fix that. That's something yeah. that's kind of done, right? But what you can fix is the social conditions that yeah. this grew out of. So it says, finally, the social conditions that gave birth to deadly violence and the killer's mental condition can be addressed through our support of community organizations, healthcare systems, and schools by supplying resources and legal avenues to identify and deal with emerging threats, such as the one posted by this young man. So we can't control Congress right now. Obviously, they're deadlocked. They're never going to agree on anything. But what we can do is get people, regular human beings involved in your community. I I can't tell you, like last night, I sat on the, the uh, task force that our councilwoman for Harlem has set up. for really? the. Oh, I ain't playing. This is about a woman who's you know, Kristen for Harlem. I mean, I agree with all of her politics, but I agree with one thing. You've got to start somewhere and you got to start with the people, mm. the people in your own community. And for some reason, I think Americans have left it up to very small minority group of people to take care of the rest of us. What the hell is that about? Yeah. Well, we can actually do something ourselves. We can actually in, in the community of Harlem where you have teenagers shooting teenagers, kids with with um you even talk about assault rifle. These are guns. These are ghost guns on the street. These are guns that they're making from these, what, I don't even know what I'm saying. 3D printers? Is that what they're yeah, called? Yeah, they you can 3D print guns. You yeah. can? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. That's, uh, the. I don't know if you remember about six years ago, there was a shooting in 
London, a, co- a council person was killed and the person had 3D printed the gun since their guns are illegal there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you've got to deal with something. There's something systemic wrong. There's something culturally wrong. But the systemic racism is at play here. Is at play here because yes. systemic racism is the only reason why these people didn't have access to what they need to have access to. And segregation of schools is not helping anybody. Right. No. What is what is um what is the task force? What exactly is that? Look how excited I got that you asked me that question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get into that in a second, but uh, okay. because we we did that on the other show. Oh, but okay. it's basically it's basically like you know, we're dealing with gentrification in Harlem and she's a councilwoman who's really about like in New York City, the main argument right now is about affordable housing. We need more housing. We need places for people to live. And that's a major problem. And so what they're arguing is in Harlem is the last place really for real estate where you could put like high rise tower skyscrapers. Really? And they're trying it. So they're trying to put a skyscraper in Harlem and um, the percentage of you, but you legally, you have to have 10% of that has to be affordable housing. But what these contractors get away with is what they call or consider affordable housing. There's like devil in the details. So you'll get people in there who claim they're afford, need affordable housing, but they're really, Mm -hmm. they're making way above the income. You have to compare the income, uh, average income of people who actually live in Harlem. So 10,000 people were actually black individuals were displaced out, out of Harlem. And that is what gentrification really is. It's not gentrification. It's displacement of people who mm-hmm. cannot afford to live where they grew up and where they have their roots in. And they are the ones who suffer through years of redlining, no grocery stores, mm-hmm. segregation, all those things I just talked about. And now you want to move those people out? That's yeah, so the task force is just people like me, and I was going to do this with you guys, people like you who come on and we think of like slogans <laughs> to get to help. Like we were trying to come up with a good slogan for uh, because affordable housing, like we want affordable housing now is not really what it is. Low income, they're people. A lot of people attach low income to people who don't deserve to be housed. Mm-hmm. We applied for affordable housing and it's ridiculous because most of it is for people who make over 100K a year now. So you go to these affordable housing websites and they have all these tiers for people who don't need don't need affordable housing in New York. And then sometimes they don't even have the tier for the people who do need it. People who make substantially less. It's crazy. We applied for it. Yeah. Yeah, so that like the percentage of people who they're supposed to have like it's like 900 units. So like 90 of them are supposed to go to affordable housing. However, when they looked into the details, only 27 of 900 units were actually going to individuals who could afford maybe to live in that building. In Harlem? I swear to God, they try it. Now, I do want to go into this... uh, I get so mad. Mm. Now, what do you think about this? This Texas congressman blames rap music and video games, not guns for Texas shooting. There's evidence that with the Senate Republicans lowering the gun purchase to 18 in Texas, this has allowed the gunman to buy the weapon he used for Uvalde 
Uvalde. Uvalde. Exactly. They know exactly what caused uh, the spike in gun violence. They know that it's because they got rid of the assault weapon ban, and one was at like uh, 2000 during during the Bush administration. They know it's because they lowered the gun age, the gun buying age. They know exactly. They're just grasping at straws now for other things yeah. to blame. And now they're yeah. pulling a tipper gore, trying to say that it's rap music. When you know these white supremacists aren't even listening to rap music, a lot of these people. So <laughs> That's a good I point. Mean, oh, my like, God. <laughs> I mean, are video games violent? Yes, but look, they've always kind of been violent. Yes, it was pixelated. Um, but you can trace this directly to them getting rid of the assault, uh, the assault weapon ban. And lowering gun ages. And maybe 18. Just, yeah. 18. You can't even drink legally. And I'm next to positive your frontal lobe hasn't fully formed no, yet. No. Not until right. you're I know, 20s, I know from dating. <laughs> I dated some too young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have Wait, to. what? What did you just say? Well, no, I didn't. I never dated an 18-year-old. But still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she didn't mean that, but <laughs> I understood. I understood. <laughs> and I, I knew their frontal lobe was not developed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mid-20s is when it is supposed to be completely developed. But I have questions about that, too. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. You know um, what's interesting about this story, too, is the is the timing that they entered the building, what was not done, the fact that these were Hispanic children. They passed the guy on the way, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read that. They let so, him in. And then some of the cops went in to save their own kids. Then they stopped the parents from going in who wanted to save their kids. Federal agents handcuffed parents. Uh, and then finally, they let one of them go, and she was able to run in and at least save her children. They don't care about us. Yeah, I mean, so that's the thing is like you also have a community that you've basically abandoned and then you don't really care about them. So that's why the segregation of communities, this hard line where you go, this is why this is not you stay over here. This is why it's a problem, because then you don't really. T- and they, and their tax money, they're they're well funded. Right. So when we talk about defund the police which was not all of a sudden everyone's backing away from the slogan because it does, it didn't communicate to people, (laughs) but this, what we're talking about, this is it. You Mm -hmm. know, like I do feel like everyone's like, it didn't work. So what we were saying was on the last episode, you should say fund the people. Yes. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Are there any slogans that you think you could come up with that would work in regards to this and gun control? Oh God. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Fun the people is pretty Fun good. Fun the people is probably the best one I've so heard. So like something positive instead of defund the police, fund the people. Something positive about gun control. I mean, it's sad that we have to do this to make people just give a fuck. It is sad. <laughs> Fun the people. Like someone was saying as bad as Trump was, make America great was actually a pretty good slogan. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. There's a house I walk by out here in Westchester. And like, as Trump got worse and worse, people started plucking all of their like Republican stuff out of their yards, like more and more often. But there's one house that has this giant cutout of Trump, like on their front porch. And then they put flowers, they decorate it for whatever season it is. So right now he's got like marigolds and stuff around him. And every time I walk by, I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. Like what? 
what is that? Are you being sarcastic? Or like, I can't, I can never figure out. Like, are they being sarcastic? Like, is no, they sarcastic? probably mean it. They probably mean it. <laughs> the so one, weird. I live in a um a West Indian and and Hasidic uh, area of New York, and you know that some of the Orthodox Jewish people were fans of Trump, and we we had a few that had Trump flags, and I actually <laughs> walked by. I walk by that apartment all the time. They have a balcony. And they have changed their Trump flag to a Biden flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not like much is much has changed under Biden, but, you know, at least they understand. They understand a little bit more now, I guess. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, Abbott Elementary creator rejects calls for school shooting episode. ABC's hit mockumentary Abbott Elementary is known for using humor to discuss issues facing the American public school system, such as a lack of resources or technology. After the recent mass shooting at Robb Elementary School in Texas, fans have begun asking the star and creator of the show, is it Quinta Brunson? Yeah, uh, Quinta, yeah. Quinta, if there will ever be an or episode Quinta, with an, it's Quinta. Oh, Quinta Brunson, if there will ever be an episode. Oh, let me say that right. Quinta I know, we better Brunson, say it right. I'm the worst. The Quinta Brunson, if there will ever be an episode with an active shooter supposedly to raise awareness about gun violence in schools. However, Brunson has been vehemently oppose school shootings are usually only portrayed in hour-long episodes of long-running drama shows not half-hour comedies the show has been met with intense critical and viewership praise with the show's ratings quadrupling viewership reaching 7.1 million it is a great show yeah educators are and janelle james is on it educators are huge fans of the show as it uses its voice to raise awareness to educational issues but brunson believes that this is a problem too great for hollywood to solve in the meantime brunson whose mother is a teacher has used the platform the show has given her to give back to schools for example she convinced the studio to use the show's marketing budget to buy school supplies for teachers and helped abc partner with scholastic to give free books to low-income communities well, she says, wow, it's wild how many people have asked for a school shooting episode of the show I write. People are that deeply removed from demanding more from the politicians they've elected and are instead demanding entertainment. So it, it's even in, more interesting, too, because it was a white woman who had the, the most liked comment underneath her Uvalde shooting. So Quinta made a post about it. And then a white woman underneath was like, oh, you should do a school shooting episode. Then a lot of black people started saying, oh, my God, I can't believe that they're asking a show about black kids to do a school shooting episode when it's a very white problem. And it became and which is honestly valid. I don't think she needs to do that. But on the other tip, Miss Pat. So Miss Pat has a joke about this. And her show is about moving her young kids to a white neighborhood and the things that they go through. And I think it was the first episode, even her daughter gets into a fight at school. And then she makes a comment to the principal that gets her in trouble, saying that it's the white kids that shoot up schools and all that stuff. So there has been a black comedy that's already tackled this. And but we don't really need to. I think it is a white problem. Maybe white people need to. It's mostly a white problem. I know that all there, I mean, the number one killer for children in America right now is gun violence. So it's everybody's problem. But these school shootings, they don't need to be on a black show, <laughs> is all I'm saying. That's my argument. You but, know what's funny? I never thought of Abbott Elementary as a black show. That's a black show, yeah. Even though I know it is, but I feel like it's just a show. It is just a show, but... I just think of it as Abbott Elementary as a comedy, you know, 
And at first I really didn't know that she was the one. It was a white woman who had tweeted that out. Yeah, know. that's why it was like a big deal. That's why it went viral, the situation. I see. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I mean, it was, it's... you know, we we took offense. Mm. <laughs> I, I can understand how you would think it's not a great idea to have a, a show, an episode where a, a white killer comes in and shoots a bunch of yeah. black kids. I mean, that's sounds like a horrible idea. It, so, it sounds like it would be giving people ideas, frankly. I don't yes. think we need that. Right, so. right, right, yeah. right. And I mean, I think her point about the show, or at least where she was initially driven, was to support plight so to speak of teachers and how teachers are how hard they work how much they really do and how underfunded teachers are (laughs) however i mean the the teachers died also in uvalde you know what i mean yeah and um i don't think it's a good idea either I really don't. Well, she makes such a good point about why are we why are we looking at TV shows and not politicians? I yeah. mean, th- I do agree that stories do help. So I do think that stories can. But like you said, Miss Pat's show Pat did, did something it. with, yeah. and some shows will do that. But it's also your artistic freedom to choose what you want to do with your show. Right. You know, it's like, um. It is interesting that it was a white woman's tweet because I do find that sometimes hidden underneath the tweet is jealousy, you know, or, you know, some type of hidden agenda, you know. But I, I think, like, I was going to ask you guys this because I, I thought I thought it was just someone black who tweeted that. And at first I was going to ask you, what do you think about highlighting someone's tweet as a celebrity and then addressing it? I almost... And I didn't know it was a white one. Now I don't care. But I, <laughs> at first, I at first I was gonna say I I often I often err on not highlighting people's tweets because I feel like that person's gonna get really bullied. Because yeah. Amy Schumer did something similar with a young lady who did uh, ask her, "Where's your comments about?" Yeah gun violence when it happened in Buffalo and Amy posted it on Instagram. I think she has since removed it. Oh, she did. Um, I saw that post. I remember. And I can't, it's not up there anymore. Oh, because then everyone attacked that person. Right. Because if you're a celebrity and you have a lot of people who are on your side and that person is just, you know, expressing their feelings, they get bullied for like coming at the celebrity a lot, a lot of times. And I often err on, Maybe you could, maybe it's not so good to just, you know, repost it. But I, I, yeah. I get why people do it is to address what they're saying. And, and, you know, if they're going to tweet at you, then you have the right to come back. But I, I just think that you have more power as a celebrity. People are more in favor of you than the person who tweeted, the little person behind that keyboard who just tweeted. So you end up causing that person a little bit of undue stress who doesn't have maybe the wherewithal to protect themselves. I may be reaching on this. Yeah. Of course, I didn't know. I didn't know that woman was a white woman. Yeah. I didn't know that, that was what was going on. That there. added to it for a lot of people. We were like, what? Because <laughs> in yeah. Amy's situation, it was a black girl in the tweet. Yeah. 
Oh, it was? Yeah, Black yes. called it. And that girl, that girl's tweet did go viral. Like, and then her tweet responding to the fact that Amy posted her also went viral. So I don't oh, know did how, it? Yeah, I don't know how bullied she was getting. Because it seemed like she was able to just keep making jokes about it afterwards. But it's good that Amy did take it down, at least. Oh, so the girl was being bullied. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't think she was because her tweets had a lot, like, over 100K likes every tweet that she did about the situation. So I, I didn't notice she was getting bullied. I think she was having, like, fun with it. <laughs> the optics uh, yeah. of this is yeah. always very important when you're a celebrity. Yeah. I'll never forget Sarah Silverman addressing someone who came at her in a very sincere way. Then the guy was like suicidal and wow. she like saved his life. Really? Now, you can't always do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was, he, he came at her really, you know, crazy, like on Twitter. And she was, like, well, let's, she went in, she goes, what's going on with you? Mm. And then he admitted, he was like severely depressed, suicidal, and it was just a very rare case of, you know, taking a moment with those attacks and going, maybe this isn't really about me. Maybe this is about the person behind that keyboard that's got yeah. some mental mental illness going on, <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. So <laughs> I was curious what you thought, No Yay, about D.L. Hughley and Monique. Uh, okay. I didn't read, I didn't read too much into it because... So my little brother sent that to me and he sent it with the caption, DL keeps getting in trouble. This is he. And then he said, this is like the third or fourth time I've heard that DL has had a contract dispute with somebody. And then he oh. like said, so that's the, that's how I first heard about it. And then I saw the video of Monique running really funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, let, let me just look real quick because I honestly don't have any opinion on it. Um, but oh, well, then we could skip it. Okay, yeah, because my little <laughs> brother he he framed it in a way where it was like DL's fault probably because he had oh. read that DL keeps getting into trouble like this. So, so there you go, Shauna. We I were discussing know. how we don't know. Yeah, they and didn't make it clear in the yeah. article either way, so we couldn't really figure out. Yeah, my little brother is a comedy fan. He's not in comedy, but you know, Aww. we like we like Monique and we like DL. So I trust that he has heard this about DL before if he said that. Uh, so I don't know. He said this is like the third or fourth time he's heard a problem with DL like this. So well, that is rare because you know, all the press has been so quick to demonize Monique, which is yes. very typical of the press to demonize the woman. Mm -hmm. Look at the Amber mm -hmm. Heard case. Oh my god. Ugh. The way that uh so ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, yeah. there's, we're so quick to, and Monique has not given us, you know, much to <laughs> defend her. You know, it's, it's hard. It's a very complicated one. It is complicated. Although I do, I do feel like some people did her dirty after Precious. Um, I don't know. I've always liked her, but you know, I've always Me thought too. DL was funny, but listen, if people who are just comedy fans are saying DL has a record of this, I believe it. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. So. Okay. One more article and then we out. Okay. So ALC has recently endorsed nine progressive candidates for New York state assembly through New York's working families party who will attempt to unseat moderate Democrats and create reform. However, the New York Assemblywoman Inez Dickens is very opposed and does not support ALC's defund the police plan. 
which we were just talking about. Defund the police is a slogan that gained popularity during 2020's Black Lives Matter protests in response to widespread police brutality with George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. The hope is that by defunding the police, financial resources can be redistributed in ways that would better serve the black community. The incumbent said, my community opposes defunding the police and any defund the police plan will be thrown out. Ocasio-Cortez said she believes in New York should be a place where everyone can live with dignity. See, these slogans, it's like, live with dignity, I think is pretty good. Is that a slogan? I mean, that sounds like a good slogan to me. It does. So does fun yeah. the people. I really like that. Fun the people is perfect. Yeah. You should, hit up, you should hit up AOC and get a copywriting credit and then... <laughs> <laughs> well, I often wonder, can we do both? Can we fund the police and the community at the same time? Is that no, not an over, option? Right. They overfund the police in New York, though. They don't need billions But I mean, of that's what I'm saying. Like, is there a way that we can discuss? Well, we don't want to take away your um, ability to do your job, but we also would like to, at the same time, fund the people. Is that not a possible thing? You can say that. But listen, here's the thing, though. They don't do your job anyway. They didn't lose any funding last year. They gained funding and they didn't even catch the shooter in the subway. Uh, you know, somebody else caught like a civilian. But it's not working. Them. The argument, you know? it doesn't work. I, I, know. I, I hear I know. you, but well, approaching them like that doesn't. Do we have to mention to them at all? Done. We can just say fund the people. Don't mm -hmm. mention them I at think, all. I think you're right. I think mm -hmm. funding the people may actually create that equal equal balance mm -hmm. but i really think people need to get involved and stop relying on the resources of their government people need to do for themselves it's in our hands if yeah. you see someone crazy and you know i will point it out right <laughs> that person's crazy <laughs> <laughs> i know it's like it's like i feel like crazy is like i'll get canceled for saying crazy yeah. if that person is mentally ill you know i will point it out you know I will go and figure it out because I think, like, for me, it's all very overwhelming. But I think yeah. the littlest thing you can do is get involved. See something, say something's worked. I mean, it has. It's a positive. If I you see know. something. I've said something. I've seen. And I've also, you know, walked up to people who I thought were dead in their car and been like, oh. are you okay? And they're sleeping. You know, whatever. Oh. You know, like, you definitely have to. Be careful about what you're seeing and see something. Say something. something was, I guess, a pretty good. But then people were like seeing things that black people were doing, and they were saying something. Oh, <laughs> mm -hmm. like having a barbecue and oh. on the poolside. And okay, I, I'm I'm thinking about backpacks and like you know. And <laughs> no, like, I know what you're thinking, but oh. we're talking about the the Karens out there who really say oh. something. Oh, oh. So awkward being a, a white blonde woman on this podcast. And like, <laughs> not, for, not, for the, not for the first hour. So I, I made you feel nice and white and comfortable. I know when I come in and I'm in. militant. But it's true. I mean, what you are saying is 100% true. It's awkward because I am, I literally look like what you're talking about. And so it's awkward. But yeah. what you're saying is, so right on. The, the, um... you, know, you know what's good though? Like, so yesterday I was at, um, I went to Chewy's, had a little thing, like a rooftop thing. What what happened? She stopped inviting me to stuff because I don't go. Oh, <laughs> it was huh. small. It was nice. But there there was a woman there who, like, we kind of had the same backgrounds. Like, you know, like 
grew up in the South and moved to Massachusetts, all this stuff. Um, but she was a white lady. And later in the day, we someone mentioned jollof rice. And I was the only Nigerian or Ghanaian there or anything. So it got, it got really awkward real, real fast. <laughs> and she was meant, I don't know if you know, but jollof rice is a Nigerian dish, sometimes claimed by Ghanaians, but it is Nigerian. And <laughs> Trader Joe's was selling packets of it. Oh, uh, on their shelves. Yeah. An uh, easy mix. <laughs> I didn't buy it. I'm sure it tasted gross. But that came up in the this woman that I had been talking to earlier mentioned that she follows this this woman on YouTube who makes meals from all over Africa, who is, you know, who is not like black American even like, you know, she Ooh. didn't say what, but I was like, oh, is she black? Is she Nigerian? And she's like, no, no. Um, and she told me that she made jollof rice. And I was like, ooh. And she's like, what? It's the same as making like Thai food. I'm like, it's not because there's a history there. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you guys literally have stolen everything for us from us. Mm. You've stolen people, our mm. culture, everything. And it's like now you're like, I'm stealing the food. Have a day. <laughs> Wait, and did, she, yeah. did she not understand that? Was she did she, like- she kept fighting it. And then so oh. everyone else got it immediately because everyone else at the barbecue was a person of color. And so I looked at Chewy and we started talking about the episode of Atlanta uh, from this past season where uh, one of the Nigerian character takes a white woman to a Nigerian restaurant and she tries jollof for the first time. So we just started loudly talking about that. And I think (laughs) then maybe the woman got it. But it was crazy to have to explain to someone like, yeah, no, like you like white people came to Africa, raped, pillaged, stole people, stole culture, brought people over here to America, then continued to steal culture in the culture. Shauna, why didn't you do that? And then then bastardized it. Yeah. So it's like making something as simple as jollof rice can yeah. make someone like me angry, you know? It's, right. triggered. it's, it's triggering. triggering. It's triggering. Totally. Yeah. And we, we had explained that to her. Right. And I was like, see, this is why I don't just make friends. Because sometimes... Well, here's yeah. the thing. You explained it, which is, that's always nice that you did. You would yeah. think someone would go, well, thank you for the explanation. She yeah. did not. But and, is- how, and how about respect what you're saying also? Yeah. She didn't. She just kept using, like, other examples of, honestly, colonization. She's like, well, I make... Vietnamese food. I'm like, well, why do you think that is too? Do you know what? Do you know about a war that happened? <laughs> oh my I'm god! You, you know what it is though. Mm, it's yeah. that feeling of like, yeah. How oh, about I, taking I'm a history not- class? Take a real history, like a real one, not the not the nice version mm-hmm. history. Where well, there is you know- no history class for 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 white people nowadays nowadays they're opting out of knowing the truth and the facts so okay but there this are is some what I, schools that are because and i can say this because i'm a teacher i'm a no because you're white no <laughs> <laughs> right i can say this because i am white um no. no that they are teaching in some schools they are teaching the actual truth and they oh, are having good. kids read actual books about things that are actually happening and that are painful and hard to hear about they really are i mean I don't know that they're doing that everywhere, but at least the kids I'm working with, that is happening. And I keep telling these kids, I'm like, this isn't what I learned growing up. We didn't learn this. They were not talking about this. 20 years ago, this truth about what actually happened wasn't being told. You're being given an amazing education in this way. And you should be grateful and grateful for the lives that were ruined for you to... um, I'm getting emotional. 
to, to be given this truth right now. You know what I mean? This is, no. do not take no. this lightly. I'm serious. Well, that you know, we just, yeah. okay. no, go ahead. No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with my show. I'm done. No. Are you going to cry now? <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> Why tears? Oh my God. That's so powerful. Look at how sad we both got. We are like, oh. <laughs> Oh my God! Thank God no, I can take a no, I, I can say the right white tears. Okay. Yeah. Well, I do. We do have to get out, and I do want to encourage everyone to do what Shauna said: is get your information, get your history right. You know, like if you're listening to this and you are white, you know, like you're listening to this, <laughs> oh you're listening to us, and I thank you for that because you're educating yourself, and I appreciate you. Also, there are ways. There's New York Times is doing a new like whole series on Haiti and how Haiti had to pay for its freedom and mm -hmm. what happened really between now I, get, I need to start reading it myself you know but there's a lot of history out there for you to just it's accessible to you if it's not being taught in your class um my assistant angelique sent me something that was written actually last year and uh or in 2020 not last year but is a uh, uh you know because we just came out of memorial day and how memorial day actually got started roots was actually in the celebration of black soldiers that were never buried properly. It's written by, it's called The Overlooked Black History of Memorial Day by Olivia wow. Waxman. Twitter, she writes for um, The New Yorker. And the Pulitzer Prize winner is David Blight. So had tried to raise awareness of freed slaves who decorated soldiers' graves a year earlier to make sure their stories got told too. Um, the book is called Race and Reunion, the Civil War in American Memory, a commemoration organized by freed slaves and some white missionaries took place on May 1st in 1865 in Charleston, South Carolina, at a former planter's racetrack where Confederates held capture Union soldiers during the last year of the war. Mm. At least 257 prisoners died, many of disease, and were buried in unmarked graves, so Black residents of Charleston decided to give them a proper burial. So go and check out David Blight's book. Get your facts right. This was a great episode. I want to thank you both for being here. I thank you so much. No, I know it was difficult getting here today. Yeah, thank you thank for you. waiting. No, no, no worries. You know, I was going to go into stocks a little bit more with you, but <laughs> we don't have time. Stocks, like stocks and bonds stocks? Like yeah, stock we've been, yeah, we've been um, having weekly meetings with Dr. Merrill, Marina's uncle. Up. Yeah. And investing? Uncle, Have you guys been know. investing? I don't know what Apple's doing trading? right now. Oh yeah, yeah, both of us. Yeah. Yeah. I don't trade though. I just invest. Yeah. And Marina no does. She has long much. money. I have short money, so I trade. <laughs> have you made some money since the Ooh. since this class? I have actually. Yes, I have. I have I've made a little bit. I don't have a lot to play with right now, but I've made a little bit with what I do have to play with. So it's been good. I so that's what we do. I tried yeah. to learn about that. I asked my brother. He actually does a fair amount of trading, investing. And he was like, okay, here's what you do. You start with $10,000. And I was like, whoop, that's where you lost me. Okay, we're going to just end that conversation. <laughs> he is right about that. Yeah. 10000 is a good one to start with. Well, I have $60 saved so far. So, well, I mean, right now, the stock market, as of Anoya could probably attest this, last Tuesday was probably a really good day to buy stocks really cheap because yes. it took such a dive. Disney was like the at a bear 100. market, right? I did see it that. It was a bear market. I don't think it is it still a bear market? It, so, it depends on what you're looking at because, yes, it's, it's interesting because right now we're going through a recession. So, or well, it hasn't officially been announced, but that's what's going on. 
Um, so every week, a, a certain industry takes a dive, I've been noticing. Like pharmaceutical mm. industries have been taking dives. Uh, the weed industry. Um, tech has been fluctuating. It's like tech. Consumers. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, consumers. Like Walmart. Walmart mm-hmm. took a dive. Any any buying in, in stores because inflation, you know, yeah. prices are sold. But people will still travel. People still having a good time, even though they can't afford it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how I look at it. People are going to have a good time with what they have. And they don't have a lot. It's about to run out, I would say, in about six months. And then we're going to see how these things do. Right now is a good time to invest in, in, well, you, I don't know, you got to look at the charts, though. That's something I've learned from Dr. Merrill. You got to make sure you're paying attention to the charts. But some of these things take a dive, but you can tell by the resist line that it's still good to buy them. You can email us. Go we'll talk up. to you about it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and the fundamentals, it. right? Yes. The fundamentals on a company. So, like, we learned that Netflix fundamentals ain't so bad. Yeah, very good, actually. Very good fundamentals. So it was a good it was a good time to buy because they were so low. Thank you guys so much for being a part of Friends Like Us today. Noye, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? You can find me at noyecomedy.com. And tomorrow you can see me at the Bell House. I'm being a clown. I'm doing music. <laughs> It'll be fun. It's, I'm doing funny, funny raps. I made a bunch of beats and this is what happened. So I'm going to be at the Bell House tomorrow for the Battle of the Bands. But you can check the rest of my schedule. I'm going to be traveling a lot, trying to go to Chicago. And I'm going to be in Vermont and D.C. coming up. And with friends like us, we will join your community board and we'll take to the streets. Yes. Well, you better. Yes. Yes, we will. <laughs> Thank you, Noye. Shauna? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's see. I... I'm not anywhere. I started a tutoring company. The Shauna Lane at Twitter, Lane Shauna on Instagram, and I have a website, shaunalane.com. And I am doing some some shows here and there and stuff. And uh, my tutoring company is called Terracotta Tutoring, a place to grow. So if you have children that you need poorly tutored, I can do that for you. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm perfectly good at it. <laughs> With friends like us, you can get educated about the real issues that are happening, even if you're white and it's uncomfortable. Ooh. Oh, I like thank that. you. Yep. That, that may be a clip we post. <laughs> <laughs> Marina Franklin right. here. Just go to my website, marinafranklin.com. Man, I'm looking skin looks good because I had that celery juice earlier <laughs> and um, yeah just go to my website you can I mean I, I'll say on top at the top in the intro where you can see me next but the best place to find out where you can see me is you can go to my Instagram which is Marina Y. Franklin my website marinafranklin.com we still have merch available we go on YouTube live every Saturday both of you are welcome at any point to join us with my wacky friend Dave Juskow and my assistant Evelyn Frick and with friends like us You can enjoy two hours with really funny women who are well-informed. Check us out! Awesome! (laughs) We love you!